When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Troy Noons is an Absolute Podcast. I'm your host, as always, John Casillo, and with me today is Dan Lyons. Hello, everyone. Happy Bayhams Army is still alive week after an interesting start, but they're playing much better tonight. Uh... Happy, uh, well, for me, happy Aaron Rodgers sounds like he's going to turn the pack. So uh, for the many Syracuse Packers crossover fans, uh, you know, that's important. And then, uh, of course, happy realignment week, month, return, who knows? It's it's realignment year where where, where we're going to be, we're headed to the end of college football, um, whether everybody likes it or not. Um, at, at least compared to like the sport we we've all grown to know and love. I feel like um, 10 years ago, it was like palatable on the football side. I know a lot of basketball fans are still pretty annoyed, um, but I, I think this next go around is going is, is, is gonna to murder whatever's left of it. Yeah. I, it's hard to, I, I've, I, at first I was very upset. Like I, I, and I still don't think it's a particularly great, thing for the sport in general like i think the the regional rivalries and the history and stuff is so important not to say and it's kind of tough to balance because like yes obviously syracuse leaving for the acc back you know 10 years ago now um we applauded it you know it was the right thing to do it remains the right thing to do we you know you have to stay alive at the same time just like the general deterioration of uh so many of the rivalries and the regional aspects of the sport um are really unfortunate uh i don't know how things go from here. Like if it's just the big 12 getting knocked off, I don't think it's like the end of the world. I think people will figure things out. Um, but if you continue to have this like consolidation uh, where, you know, more and more money's going to the top couple schools, like I know there are debates over like 
how much it actually impacts because it ends up just kind of doing Bill, Bill Donnelly had a really good piece about this today, which actually kind of settled my my mind on things a bit. Like, yes, the SEC is about to make so much more money, but like, think about like how much money Vanderbilt's been pulling in and how much money Northwestern's been pulling in and, uh, you know, uh, Nebraska since they joined the Like, the money, it helps and like you want it. Um, but like, how many programs like Boise State and UCF and whatnot have been in? Like, however you cut it better than those programs, despite making less money, um, even and, and hold up when they play good teams. So, like, yes, you want to be on that top echelon. And, like, when the SEC is going to end up making, like, twice as much as the ACC, assuming things don't change, um, that's not great. But, like, ultimately, the programs that know what they're doing are the ones that are winning, not necessarily the ones that are pulling in, like, the crazy contracts because we've you know there's there's always going to be a power like structure within these leagues um and whatnot so i guess like as long as the acc remains viable i think we're, we're in okay shape i know there's like plenty of innuendo about like oh yeah sealed after clemson now or something like maybe but but you know there's no real indication of it yet but um yeah ultimately it's like hard to sell that's like good for the fans and good for the sport in general but it's good for the people who are uh at the top and going to cash in on it. So that's ultimately what ends up uh, driving these decisions, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, you and I have talked about it in the past um, just around like, you know, last year definitely was a bummer of a football season to watch. And a lot of it was because a lot of that connective tissue was gone. It just felt like there was a certain element of the season and, and, and college football in general that had like vanished. I know in general, like, you talk to fans and even diehard fans like yourself, myself, others like college football has definitely gotten significantly worse over the last half decade. And that's not necessarily just a realignment uh, related conversation. I think that's also just because of the structure of the playoff. And, and I think the underlying um, thing here is like, you know, the, the role of TV rights and specifically like ESPN's TV rights in a lot of ways um, in all that and, and how that's such a motivator. And honestly, like for me, like the money, like SEC and Big Ten revenues were always far ahead of, of the ACCs and, and we were never going to catch up under any circumstances, um, barring some sort of like catastrophic event I'm unaware of. Um, but realistically, like from a from the standpoint of like just the product on the field, the, the, the what we're going to see on TV, I feel like, unfortunately, this, does, this is, 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 is the bigger issue is that it drives us further down the road of really only one conference mattering and, and ESPN kind of getting their own like mini NFL um, in, in the form of the SEC here. Obviously, the ACC has their own exclusivity um, with, with ESPN and, and ABC and all the ESPN networks. But at the same time, there's just this you already see it now that like you know, once things start falling off for an ACC team, SU or otherwise, um, you pretty quickly get relegated to RSN, ACC network land. Um, and, and, and I feel like now, you know, that could happen even quicker. Obviously, there's certain things in contracts that prevent that to an extent, but like you, you're going to see the, the SEC really just kind of take over college football Saturdays as, as a culture and as a monolith. And I, and I do think that that more than the, the money um, is the bigger issue here. And I think I think you're right, and I think it's very short-sighted. Like the, the sport would be in such a better place if you were uh, these networks. And and part of the problem is just in general. Like part of the problem in in entertainment is just there's so few um, there's so few networks. There's some few power holders. So like you have ESPN, you have Fox, CBS is basically out of the picture outside of like like they lose their SEC deal in 2024, I believe, and ESPN takes over 100 percent of the SEC rights, which is probably a big factor underlying with the Texas Oklahoma thing. 
so like CBS is now just has like a piece of the AAC and they have like their Navy stuff and NBC has no, their Notre Dame stuff. But like, it's basically a two, a two party system here. And Fox has a, I mean, even less of a, I mean, if Fox maybe ramps stuff up, but like it would be in a much better but place. Like, to what extent? If there were... like realistically, like, like why, why, how could they? Because realistically, if, if they lose the big 12 here and they very well could, if the big 12 implodes and we'll get to that, like now you're looking at, all right, what does the big 10 do? And what does the Pac-12 do? And, and and I think the Big Ten is obviously on stable footing, but like the Pac-12 isn't necessarily. And like, if you're Fox, do you really want to bother with whatever the zombie AAC is or Conference USA? I just feel like, unfortunately, like ESPN is going to say, "All right, we don't have room for you." So either either take your medicine and go to ESPN Plus, or like you know these these G5 leagues and lower end up just instead of what we used to see, where you could just watch college football all day. Um, like in, in, in a pretty, in a handful of places that were all pretty easy to access, I feel like you're going to start seeing, you know, more and more deals, maybe specifically with YouTube or Twitter or Facebook. Um, I know some others have like Fubo deals, things like that. Like, and I guess it's not like the worst thing and, 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 and TV's trending that way anyway, uh, in a streaming capacity. But I do think that like for the common fan, there's only so many places you could be asked to watch before you're just kind of over it. Yeah. I meant more like thoughts could conceivably right like try to match ESPN and maybe like if we luck out they'll d- double down in the pack twelve or something. I don't know why they would. But um like the, the idea I mean it would be good for everyone if like Netflix or Amazon or some of these these companies that are are always threatening to become like big players in sports actually stop like like you know playing footsie with it and actually do it and and drive some competition in terms of these media deals. Um because right now, if it just ends up being ESPN and like Fox, um, there's going to be more consolidation. Like ESPN is definitely thrilled with the Texas Oklahoma thing um, because it just drives the two. I mean, it kills the Big Twelve. Uh, Fox is obviously not going to around with that Big Twelve contract be what it is um, on their end now. So yeah, it's just it's it's but it's short sighted, I think, just because the, the, everything would be much better for the sport in general if if all of the uh, regions and all of these little schools were involved and. It wasn't just down to like the top twenty programs. I know it's easier to monetize them and it's less work, but um, just overall, like I think you 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 end up shrinking the the world for college football and and college football is so special because there you know aren't just the Alabamas like the the season um, for better like in a lot of different ways matters to everyone even if they don't have national championship uh, uh, possibilities. And honestly, like I think the playoff. Hope I mean I'm I'm now really hoping the twelve team playoff. Um, stays uh, as like the thing we're heading towards because I don't know if that can possibly change now with because the, the landscape has changed so much. But that's like kind of the the right equalizer. Even if the SEC somehow consolidates things so much to where they're getting like half the teams in the playoff, there's still more access than there was before. So I'm hoping that we can uh, you know continue towards that end now because it becomes more important to give more opportunities to the other programs. Um, I think. Uh, especially with the ACC, like the ACC, I think we're in okay shape right now, especially because uh, it doesn't sound like there's, I mean, I, I struggle to see Clemson jumping. Like I know the money could be overwhelming, but yeah, like I, I know that the, the Clemson thing is like the big concern, but I think they're kind of in a similar position to Oklahoma now where I think Oklahoma probably made them, made it a little harder for them to get this like clear pathway to like a high playoff seat. Obviously the playoff has way more access now, so they'll probably be okay in that regard. But like what happens if they're just constantly like a nine or a 10 seed 
uh, like Bill, I think Bill C. brought this up in his long article today. Like, uh, you know, they'll be making a lot more money, but but ultimately, like, is that are, are, because stuff just it's, it's pumps back into like the coaching salaries? The uh, obviously, there's some other you know stuff goes to the rest of the school a little bit, but then like you have like the facility war. Like, wouldn't it be better off actually like trying to do the things to like win football games here with all this extra money and maybe like maybe now that we've already opened one door for paying players, like maybe open the full door because like if there's this much more coming in and it's kind of getting proven that like, you know, you can only upgrade your facilities how many times per decade and, and have like meager recruiting upgrades when everyone's just doing it. Um, I don't know. It just seems like really short-sighted in a lot of different aspects. And I guess that's one reason why maybe I'm not as worried about Clemson because I think they really value where they are in the ACC right now and what uh, ability it's given them to, vault into like this top upper echelon of school and i don't know that they would have done that in the sec like if they had joined the sec earlier in the decade even when they were starting to like hit their stride during like, the taj boyd years like would they have become the same kind of power without getting that that easier access to the playoff i don't know so i'm not super worried about the acc at the moment like i could get there if, if some other stuff comes out but um overall i don't think it's it's a a great thing for uh for college football so hopefully uh Hopefully things calm down or we like start to, to formulate some things that uh, let us see like what the future looks like and have it not be as like kind of shamelessly capitalistic and like so driven by the money of it all. But uh, you know, that that's probably naive on my part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, ultimately I'll, I'll just kind of wrap up this portion of things. Like, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think access does breed a certain amount of, ability to improve yourself over time. And, and yeah, I'm not worried about the ACC necessarily. I think Clemson's smart about where they are. I, I, I think that the problem here is that you are going to start seeing like less access for top schools, but then or at least under the, the old system, but then under the new system, like are you just inviting in mediocrity so that it's basically an invitational for the SEC? I, I think in general, like the, the ACC is fine and, and we'll get to what they have to do, but like, the ACC, like I said, is not going to catch up from a TV revenue standpoint. There's nothing they could conceivably do, um, like in, in, in the real world, uh, to, to make up that difference. I think the one problem here, maybe long term, is just because the TV deal has them so far behind already. Like, do we start seeing that bear out on the field for for those that aren't Clemson? Maybe like maybe this does open the door though for, and, and we've seen it in the Big Twelve work really well. Uh, maybe we see this kind of open the door for some of those tier right tier three rights being freed up. I know um, Notre Dame's had really good success with their streaming program, um, little platform that that they've put together, um, and it seems like Clemson wants one as well. I, I think that there's an opportunity here to because, like you remember the uh, La Familia, the the documentary thing that uh, that SU did on YouTube, like that was super smart. Yeah, I'm sure it didn't like cost a ton to make because it was largely just taking footage from around the practice facility and the field and things like that, like. Stuff like that, documentary style stuff, and just telling stories around the team. Like, there's clearly too many teams in these conferences to, to use the conference networks for that. Like, one way for the ACC in particular to grow revenue for for member schools and keep them around is to free up maybe some of that tier three, you know, inventory for you know school owned uh, streaming, and that's something that that Clemson has capabilities to do. Obviously, Syracuse should already have the capabilities to do that, and plenty of others will as well. Um, so we'll see there, but I, I'm, I'm hopeful that if the AC, whether the ACC expands or not, they find a way to expand opportunities for revenue. 
I think that becomes very important. I don't know that there's a move that we make that would really allow us to renegotiate things uh, short of adding their name. That's like the only real move. There's no, you're not going to be able to approach someone from one of the other big conferences. Um, I, I mean, there's, there's, I know you floated some Pac-12 stuff. <laughs> I, I think we're a little early on it. Um, that would be the, like the only one. I, I mean, we're not going to approach someone from the Big Ten or the SEC. Like that's yeah. just off the table. Um, so like uh, the Notre Dame, like I still, the lucky thing is that we apparently have a pretty ironclad deal with them through 2036 in terms of them joining a conference full on there. They like, can't really do that until then. Obviously there are probably ways to get out of it, but they would probably always have a lot of money for, to do so. And it doesn't seem like they're super interested in it. Um, but the, the over the top, like kind of like school specific streaming stuff um, might also bite us there because I think Notre Dame might be pretty interested uh, because we could probably just like go to them and be like, Hey, if you join us when your NBC contract runs out, um, ESPN's already basically set is what the, the number will be. And it'll probably be pretty substantial. And it would definitely be more. I mean, we're, there are, the ACC already pays out more than they're making on the NBC deal. But um, did you read David Hale's big threat about Notre Dame like yesterday? Yeah. That I thought was, yeah. So like the, 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 the upside for them from their uh, own streaming stuff, like might end up kind of hurting the ACC just because if Notre Dame fully monetizes it, then it becomes kind of a game changer for them in terms of making up the difference between their independent uh, deal and the uh, the like ACC or the SEC and Big Ten deals. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, I don't know what else the SEC does unless you have some kind of like crazy, I know you've, you've like brought up like the idea of like USC and Stanford if they're not happy with the Pac-12. Like, I think that'd be great if it had happened. I don't know how feasible it is um, unless the Pac-12 gets like poached like by more than just the ACC. Um, but like short of that, I think like at this point, West Virginia seems pretty obvious just as we, you know, we can take a 15th, especially from the ditch divisions, which I, we, we, I know we both really hope they do. Uh, it would be great for Syracuse, especially getting out of the Atlantic um, and actually feel like it would feel like more of a conference um, being able to play like Carolinas and the Virginias and the Phoenix more than once every six years or whatever. Um, anyway, and adding West Virginia would be a nice pathway to that to get to 15. I don't know that there's an obvious 16th. I think I would just wait on Notre Dame and see if you can kind of figure something out with ESPN to like Godfather offer them. Cause I don't, I, I really don't know what else you can do to, to get them beyond like what's already been done. Yeah. I mean, realistically the problem with Notre Dame and it's always been the case is like money's not the issue necessarily. Like Notre Dame doesn't need ESPN's money. They don't need the ACC's money. Um, you know, I think the, the NBC deal is something like what 18 mil or so a year. Um, you know, the, and, and then they get, I think something like 10 from the, uh, the ACC. So realistically, like they're already not that far behind the other ACC schools and they're fine being behind because they get, because they, they were able to generate revenue from so many other places and so many other things like, and then they have obviously a very strong, you know, booster culture and all that. Like there's just this, since Notre Dame doesn't need the ACC necessarily other than, as a as a house for the other sports um, and and a way that doesn't have them blend into the background the same way they would in the Big Ten, like ultimately, like there is no motivation for them to join. Now, uh, is there a dollar amount that that could potentially change their mind? Sure, I guess. And realistically, I do think that Notre Dame joining is probably worth an extra thirty million a year to ESPN, but that's not on a per school basis that's overall 
Um, I, I, I find it hard to believe that ESPN was going to offer up much more than that in, in terms of a raise. So now you're looking at, okay, so each school is taking in somewhere in like the 34 to $35 million range. Um, and then the, the, that's why, like, I think the streaming route and, and, and opening up tier three rights is to, to, to an extent is really the only way um, for you to entice, um, you know, teams further in, in the ACC. I, I think that, like you said, West Virginia is kind of the only option um, from a like natural fit standpoint. There's a lot of reasons to add them. I think this round of realignment is not about TV markets, but about uh, valuable inventory and about interesting inventory. So instead um, of, you know, just adding Houston and, and calling it a day, you're going to add West Virginia because they had rivalries with half of the ACC. You're going to add that because they're a known brand. Um, you're going to add that because people will recognize that this is ACC football when you see, you know, Vatech in West Virginia or West Virginia, BC or Pitt, Syracuse or whatever. Like there, there's, an, there's a leaning into the ACC's identity with that move. And I think Notre Dame allows that to happen as well. Um, the ACC, I, I think, you know, Jim Phillips is, is, is no John Swafford. He, he doesn't mean he can't become something like that, but I think he is going to, and I think wisely try to feel out Notre Dame a bit before making any moves here. And I, I think that, you know, he can float ideas. I mean, he can ask them, what do you guys think about West Virginia if, if we invited them? And what do you think about, you know, what if we invited USC? Like, would that work for you? And I think that there's, you know, a lot more logistics on the USC and that need to be figured out on that front. Um, and I, I, I feel like it'd be, I find it hard to believe the ACC would be the first to move to poach the Pac-12. Um, there's really no one to poach them unless the ACC or the Big Ten take a huge swing here. And obviously the Big Ten has the, you know, pocketbook to do that um, m- m- more than the uh, the ACC does. But um, that would be the move, I think, that could at least make it more enticing for Notre Dame. Beyond that, um, I don't think West Virginia is really moving the needle for them, and that's really not what's going to make the decision for the Irish. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. That's the tough thing with Notre Dame is that they're, the existing schools that would probably entice them are like in the Big Ten or in the Pac-12 or like Navy. And I don't know that it's worth it to add Navy um, I don't think you want to do like a football only thing. I don't think Navy would maybe necessarily want to do it because like it wouldn't be great for them if they get end up getting buried in the conference. Not that necessarily they wouldn't compete sometimes, but um, I don't know that they would be at nearly as competitive as they are now in a power five. Um, so then like it's, it's, it's tough to like figure out exactly who the obvious 16th school is if Notre Dame is past the same that, but if we're just pitching divisions, then I think getting to six, I, I think the, the magic number um, changes. Like there are more options in terms of like how many schools you could add, because right now, like you really can't go 17, I don't think, but you could do five, 15, 16 or 18, and then you can kind of figure things out. Um, but ultimately, like, unless you're doing like a big swing with those West Coast schools that have the tie-ins with Notre Dame, I don't know that there's any, any others like unless uh you know you think michigan state's interested or something which obviously they're not um 
yeah, then I, I don't know what other, the other move is. Like, Notre Dame and AC definitely seem like they're in a holding pattern, especially because, like, while the, the expanding playoff, like, helps Notre Dame in some ways, it hurts in other ways. If they pass down the Constitution, can't get a bye. But, like, ultimately, like, that might not actually matter that much um, to them. Like, that's, like, fair one aspect of the situation, but it's not the whole thing. And they prove they could get to the playoff in the four-team setup. So it's it's even less, like, the 12-team definitely isn't super scary for them. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating. I, again, I don't feel, I don't feel bad about the, where the ACC is. And also like, at first I was like, oh, this is going to be awful. The SEC is going to be so much better than everyone. I'm like, well, they already kind of are. And the, like the big 12 folding, I think helps the ACC if anything. So not that I'm rooting for it, but it just, it's just like, uh, I don't know that it really changes the ACC's place in the world. Really? Like, I think they're, we're kind of where we were. Um, the SEC is really the one that's just kind of vaulting beyond where they already were. But um, ultimately, I don't really think it changes the equation as of now for everyone else uh, too much. Mid 10 is probably not happy, but for the ACC and even the Pac 12 at this point, like I don't know that things, I mean, the Pac 12 has their own issues, um, their network being a major one. And uh, we'll see what Playoff can do as the new commissioner there. Um, but I, I think the ACC is like kind of in an okay place for now. So um, I'm definitely happier to be you know where we are than like you know, a lot of other schools. Like if I was a Kansas State fan right now, I'd be very very nervous. Yeah, I think that's completely realistic. Like the Big Twelve, obviously the, the eight remaining schools um, have every right to be nervous. They're, they're not only in small, like most of them are in smaller markets, and 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 while I said that doesn't matter, I think it does play into the brand value, um, and we can get into a little bit more of that um, in the second half here. Uh, but Dan, first, I did want to make some beer recommendations for maybe some fans who are trying to uh, distract themselves from the, uh, the the conference realignment tornado headed our way. Very nice. Um, yeah, I had a fairly active week. I was working on some of the, the Jersey, Surf, uh, Jersey Shore stuff that I have. Um, had more of that thick uh, Jamba uh, from Heavy Reel, which is delicious. That was the banana, passion fruit, vanilla ice cream uh, sour, which was just like a really outrageous combination of flavors, but works way better than it should. I also have their mango passion fruit dragon fruit, uh, which I didn't work as well. I thought it was just a, too much sourness and too much citrus. It didn't have like the balance of uh, something sweet in there like the other one did. Um, so drinkable, but I was a little disappointed. Um, had uh, some triple swirl pool by Brick City in New Jersey. Uh, that's, I think, a Jersey City brewing brewery. It's, it's in the Hudson area. Uh, little Ferry, New Jersey. Not sure where that is. Um, quite good, though. Uh, another nice... Uh, nice blend of flavors there um that was like a lemony uh ipa um had some abita amber just a really solid uh looking for a really solid lager there and then uh from westbrook down in south carolina um had their lemon cucumber goza which i had not had before um very very cucumbery which i i actually like uh, cucumber beers a fair amount um i wish this one was a little more balanced to lemon but uh very very refreshing definitely a good outdoor beer very nice. I'm not a big cucumber fan, but I, uh, I I would definitely give it a shot. Yeah, it's uh it's definitely a hit or miss, but like if you like the kind of refre- if you like, if you like uh, cucumber flavor in drinks, like there's some good cucumber beers out there, especially sours. So they kind of balance things out nicely. Nice. Uh, on my end, I had from Highland Park and some uh, Limbo Timbo. It was a uh, what Highland Park declared Timbo Week uh, last week where they had different variants of Timbo Pills, which I've mentioned on here before, is arguably one of the best beers in L.A. Um, so Limbo Timbo was their unfiltered uh, version of it. 
It had uh, also had from Modern Times a uh, full-size pony. I mentioned that one way back at the beginning of the year. That was a collaboration with uh, Fair State, just an uh, West Coast IPA. And from Modern Times also, uh, MT8, their uh, eighth anniversary, uh, double hazy IPA. They had from uh, Modern Times uh, Galactic Filaments was a uh, wheat beer with mango and passion fruit. Only 5%, so really refreshing. Um, Highland Park also released a uh, Imperial Pilsner version of Timbo. This was a Jumbo Timbo that was really good. Had uh, from Common Space, uh, Fresh Pills of LA. And then from Beachwood had Citraholic, uh, just a standard West Coast IPA. So productive week. And I have a lot more, uh, lot more beer in the fridge to, to get through. So um, we'll, we'll definitely be having more of the ones I mentioned, but also some new ones. Yeah, my fridge is pretty full, so I need to, to work through some stuff. Uh, we have a bunch of uh, like hop zombie in there and have some, uh, I think we found some uh, Stolpen, which is right. surprising. Uh, but yeah, I need to need to get through some of those because I've been bringing stuff back from Jersey a bit. So, lots to lots to look forward to in the fridge space uh, area and the Travis Reliant area, I guess. <laughs> Not really. Look, I don't know. Look forward to might be strong, but like it's happening, so you might as well. Uh, I do enjoy the drama of it. I, I was, you know, it, it's one of my one of my college football topics of of passion. So I guess I can't really complain when it happens, except that like I certainly didn't expect it to be Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, you and I were definitely like forged in the fires of like college football internet 2.0. I think we're on like 3 or 4.0 at this point. But um, college football internet 2.0 was kind of like when the when the realignment trains get got going um, the second time around when the Big Ten mentioned that they were going to expand. And I think that a lot of folks who have gone on to greener pastures or folks like us or plenty of others who like are still around the SB Nation network, like all people that that in names you're starting to to recognize and remember. Um, I, I'm sure there, there's already been like numerous West Virginia bloggers popping up <laughs> with, uh, with 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 the, with the scoops that only they have. Um, Let us tell you about the dude, young young college football internet folk. Honestly, like I, I would watch a documentary about the dude. He's still out there. He's on Twitter, but like he just doesn't. Like I, I guess like one of the nice things is that like we're in at least in the college football space, this is definitely not in the right in the real world. Um, better at identifying uh, people who probably don't actually know much uh, than we were before, because the dude occupied like a very interesting, strange space of the college football internet um, that didn't make a lot of sense. Um, I know he's still getting around there, but I don't see his stuff like shared around versus back in 2010. Like anything he posted on whatever message board he was on, I think it was on the West Virginia Rivals board, was like. You know, people. Some people treat it like gospel. Like, why do we? We don't necessarily know this guy knows anything. <laughs> like, yeah, like he, he clearly had like, character to a lot of things. Yeah, he clearly. Yes, college football explains the world. Um, yeah, like I, I mean, I think he had probably hit on some stuff, and like maybe he had like someone tapped in somewhere, but certainly wasn't a hundred percent. Like, not even close. Um, now it sounds like he's predicting it Western to the ACC, uh, which you know it doesn't exactly take a, a, a crystal ball to, to to throw out there as an option. <laughs> but yes, I, I do think Western. It would be nice. Like I do think the like the Big East of it all almost helps the ACC in terms of like the branding, as you were talking about, like the rivalries and the and the kind of familiarity with the series makes so much difference. Like getting the backyard roll back in ACC uh, under the ACC band and. That's like a game that it's you know they're not two great teams and if, if it falls if it's 
at a time where there's another not, uh, there isn't another great game on like a lot of a lot of just uh neutral college football fans are gonna be like oh yeah i'm gonna check out pitt and western union playing they hate each other like it's there there is something to that and, and western union obviously has history with us they have history with Vatech, they have history with a number of other schools too, not just Pitt. So it, it, it is like a, I think it's a nice fit. Um, and and honestly, the Big East, the Big Eastiness of the ACC, I think does kind of help it because uh, they're you know it's almost like the it's almost like you have like a conference within a conference and, and a lot of history going back to the late eighties, early nineties. So um, certainly don't hit in on that regard. And hopefully the the people who are still holding out for like the Big East to just come back somehow uh, enjoy them potentially being added obviously we haven't seen anything official it's just that west virginia reportedly from from actual sources from uh, i think nicole Auerbach wrote it uh in the athletic last week um are very interested and are reaching out to the acc um so yeah i'm, I'm supportive of that i hope that happens yeah same honestly like i mean unless it like stops notre dame from joining which i doubt um i don't think it has really as you said i don't think it has any real impact but i think no. it's kind of a neutral thing yeah, I mean, really, it's just whether or not, like, you know, certain schools in the ACC, like, you know, they, they already kind of held their nose a little bit, I guess, supposedly on Louisville from an academic standpoint, which I think is aggressive when you consider, like, is everybody in the ACC like a, you know, top 20 college in the country? No, like realistically. And 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 Louisville's actually improved a ton and, and invested a ton in their campus and everything else. And like, does that ultimately matter that much? No, like we're not the big 10, like the, the big 10 makes this big stink about it. And there's really only a handful of like elite academic institutions over there. There's it's funny because like they have their whole AAU thing. Uh, is that what it is? It's a, what's yeah, the it's an AAU that we were a part of until like very recently. Yeah. And that was like a whole thing last time. Real, and they were like, Oh, we can't, we can't possibly take uh Nebraska. They're not AAU. It's like, no, you're not taking Nebraska because they're Nebraska. And like, I think I was probably played into the academic portion of it a lot more because ECC did did have a thing where like all the all the schools in it were like top 100 before Louisville came. Like, uh, you know, as I've gotten older and and I've gotten farther from uh, from being a student, like, which is you know, we were moving to the ACC. I think it was announced right before the USC game in 2011. Yeah, uh, that day it just broke out of nowhere. So I was still a, I was a senior. Um, yeah, it's just like some schools are meant for other for different things. Like Louisville is like a bit of a commuter school, but it has gotten a lot better. It's uh, it's a uh, you know wonderful school. West Virginia is there to serve the people of West Virginia, and I'm sure there's like plenty of good students there. It's not it's not built to be the super like uh, the super you know selective university. It's built to be the state university of West Virginia. So like I, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, it's if it was like. You know, it's not a community college. Like, you know, it's not the hardest place to get into, but it's also not supposed to be. That's not what it's designed for. So it's, it's not like Syracuse is like some Ivy League either. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've, you know, we, I feel like we've spent like 15 years freaking out about our, our U.S. News and World Report rankings, and we can't seem to crack the code on those. So, like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we probably care too much about that kind of stuff. Like, I think everyone knows that, like, if you go to a number of schools in Syracuse, you're getting a, you know, you have a, a, a diploma that hopefully means a good amount. Uh, so, like, I don't know. I, I think harping on like rankings for colleges, which are so flawed and like weirdly assembled and all controlled by like one magazine, it, it's kind of <laughs> a weird thing to like obsess over. Yeah, very, very much agreed. Um, but Dan, can I look at like some of the other like wacky ideas I guess I'd thrown out there? Um, the one that I, I I figured was actually gonna like get some people uh, excited and didn't. Um, was my uh, 
screw it, we're a basketball conference now approach, um, where you basically just, you know, invite West Virginia, um, Kansas, and UConn and kind of call it a day and just become like the, uh, you know, men's and women's basketball counterpoint to SEC football. And uh, I'm curious if, if, if there's any intrigue there for you or if ultimately it's just a terrible idea that we should never, ever talk about again. I mean, you're just like, the problem is if you do that, like Clemson, that, that's when Clemson will Florida State will leave. Like, Reasonable. and they're good. At, I mean, Florida State's good at basketball now and Clemson's like competitive. Um, but like, I think we're selling our football program down the river like UConn did. Um, I don't necessarily want to do that. I know we have been very good. Um, I get that, but uh, no, I I stopped short of that. Like it'd be fun. I'm actually surprised we didn't invite. We we haven't had hot, um, more Kansas rumors. Like obviously the Big Ten, they they're talking to the Big Ten. I'm kind of surprised the ACC hasn't at least like inquired because I I do think you can kind of find the middle lane there where like you can still look to improve basketball because it is so important to us. While like I don't know, do, do I don't think adding Kansas would like super devalue the football product. It just adds like a, a, a bad stool, but I think, I think it would actually be worth it. Um, and then like, even if you go to 16 by adding West Virginia and Kansas, like if, if Notre Dame is out there, you just add another stool into 18 and, and figure out, I mean, but if, if you go to pods, it just opens up so many opportunities or even if you don't go to pods, you can just go to protected rivalries um, and, and just figure out scheduling. So it's like relatively uh, balanced. Like, it opens up so many opportunities. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like I'm a little bummed actually that Kansas hasn't been brought up more for the ACC. Not not as as a like let's just go full bore at basketball thing, but a let's improve basketball because the Kansas brand is like one of the five biggest ones, and we could have like three of them in the conference pretty easily um, if we were to do that. Um, and and like I don't necessarily think it would hurt football that much. Like I don't think it. I don't think it's a big deal to add like a, a minus football school when they bring such a basketball presence. Um, but alas, it sounds like the Big Ten's a little more surprised by it because I feel like they'd be they'd be more concerned about what Kansas football means than, than the ACC would be. Oh, I don't really think that the Big Ten cares about having a body bag or two considering that they added Rutgers. Um, That's fair. Like, <laughs> Rutgers is probably pumped about Kansas joining. <laughs> like, yeah, like finally, we're free. But no, I, I think for me, the like obviously Notre Dame's the top uh, wish list ad, and like after that for the ACC, for me it's you know West Virginia, it's USC, and then Kansas probably to be honest. Like I, I think that's really like the top four, um, and you'd probably like put Stanford in the package with USC because I don't think you're getting you can get USC without Stanford, you can't get Stanford without USC. No, and then you want to have travel partners, totally like someone on that much of an island. It like it almost be like rude to invite them without another another <laughs> West Coast school. Although I feel like SC, yeah, like SC. If there's one school that would do it, it would be SC. Yeah, I think that would probably be my like short list of of schools. I think anybody else, and like those are the ones. West Virginia doesn't provide a ton of like incremental value above what you already have, but does provide some and does enhance what you're doing. Um, Stanford and USC both enhance what you're doing. Notre Dame, obviously. Um, Kansas, I think, does enhance uh, what you're doing, maybe only to the same extent that West Virginia does, just because it's only on the basketball side. Um, beyond that, though, like, I mean, unless you're adding half the Pac-12 or, like, pulling off some sort of insane coup where you grab a Northwestern or a Vanderbilt, which, again, no, not happening. Um, 
there's nothing again, but, but, but Notre Dame that really moves the needle. Like a lot of people are harping on, you know, Houston, USF, Cincy, whoever, like, I, I like the Houston idea on paper, but realistically, like it just doesn't, it does, it's not going to stop a casual football fan in their tracks yeah. if they're looking for a game. And, and that's really what matters now. And, you know, m- you know, maybe I get proven wrong definitively in, in, in 20 years, but I, I think right now you're looking at what like the SEC just did. Like nobody's playing the 20 year game here. Everyone's playing me. Like, what can I do right now to improve what's happening um, for my football conference and, and how much money I'm making from football in particular. Like I just, I, I'd love to entertain all these other ideas. I just, I don't see how the ACC in particular makes that move. And I know plenty of others like Matt Brown's talked about it. Others have talked about it. Like if you actually want to increase what you're making, instead of just splitting the pie more ways, like there's really only a few teams that really do that. Um, and, and, and that's what makes this so hard. And that's what makes it so much harder than last time where you have fewer players at the table, you have fewer options. ESPN is willing to relegate a lot of stuff to streaming at this point, which will eventually be a good idea, but maybe for now, you know, doesn't necessarily have that much allure. Like I just, again, I, I don't think you can move on any of these pieces, including West Virginia without, without Notre Dame making up its mind or, just doubling down on whatever it's doing first. Yeah. I, and that's just like the, the, the true trickiness of the situation. It's also just like so much unknown because last time everyone, like you kind of knew the factors, like the, the, the market thing was like so clearly the thing. Um, like you had programs that, that occupied certain spots that were just seen as valuable because of what they were, even when college football is not really built that way which is the funniest thing, like the best schools are like largely pretty rural, uh, small college towns. Um, so yeah, it's just like the strategy is so unclear because you're projecting things out to like, what will the entire entertainment landscape look like in the future? And like, we have a general idea. I think we all know it's moving towards a more streaming future. Um, but like, what does that mean for uh, a college football brand that you at? Like, Obviously, if you can add a Notre Dame, you do it. Like, they already seem to know that that's the future. They're doing it themselves. They're smart about this stuff. Um, but on that, like, what uh, what makes, like, a, like does a TCU have more uh, more equity or more, like, like, more brand equity in that space than, like, Oklahoma State or a Kansas State or an Iowa? Like, what, what, what matters is so unclear compared to last time, even if last time it was, like, kind of short-sighted. Um, now it's like it, it's it's both like it could be short-sighted but also like you don't really know what the long term means because everything could change so rapidly in the next 10 years so yeah it's it, it makes it hard to like look past just like the, the notre dame and then what um especially because they're just like sitting there half in half out and it, it feels like you can probably get them in somehow but it, it i don't know it's just uh it's very frustrating because like before it was it was it was easier to kind of mock things up and like even when the the big 12 had their like dalliance with expansion a couple years ago. And now I wonder, like, I don't think that would have really made a difference, but, but you wonder what like expanding the, the grant of rights a couple years ago by expanding the conference would have meant maybe at least holds this off or, or, you know, something happens in that interim time that like makes Texas and Oklahoma reconsider. Um, 
But like even then, like you, we were still kind of in the old way of thinking, where you're like, oh, Memphis or Cincinnati or Boise State or UCF, like what do they bring? What they, what they bring now? It's just like so different, and there's just so few, there's so few game changing programs out there. Like as you said, like it, it's you have to really get creative to figure out like what makes the most sense because it, it, we're living in in much a much different world, um, just based on everything that's happened the last couple of weeks and and the last like year really. Yeah, I mean, and, and too, like, this doesn't even get into, and we haven't touched on yet, like, for the Big 12 with the grant of rights, like, the grant of rights run through 2025. So, realistically, like, if you're the conference, as much as we, everyone keeps talking about what those eight schools are doing, and in particular focusing in on Kansas and West Virginia, the two schools with the easiest landing spots somewhere else, like, those Big 12 schools all benefit immensely from staying together um, and, 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 and attracting other schools into that conference, because that's ultimately what's going to keep that grant of rights in place. That's what's going to lead to Oklahoma and Texas having to give up a lot more money um, by joining the SEC and, and ensure that potentially gets balanced out by the move and the increased amount of uh, you know revenues from the SEC. But at the same time, like there there's further big 12 schools that are remaining, like it, it is imperative that they all stay together. And, you know, again, for West Virginia and Kansas, that's probably less imperative because Kansas in particular would get a huge payday by moving to the Big Ten, even though they have to wait because of the Big Ten's weird, like, uh, you know, portioned out um, media share thing they do. But, um, you know, if, if you're if you're West Virginia, you basically get to jump right in um, and, and, and make, you know, the same amount of money, if not more. Um, and then you don't really have to worry about anybody else. Uh, I, I think that, like, if you're the Big 12, though, like, you need to make decisions that are both you know, in, in smart in the short term and long term. And I think BYU is the obvious one. And you probably attack on Boise State. Um, those are two of the biggest brands left out there. Um, I don't think either. I think B- BYU potentially makes the league more valuable than it is right at this moment with eight teams. But it, but obviously neither of those do anything for the future contract to make it more valuable than what we see now. Because ultimately... You know, if you're telling me that I can watch a conference without Texas and Oklahoma and with, you know, teams in Boise, Provo, you know, where the hell? Uh, Iowa State's in Ames, right? right. Yeah. Then, yeah, Iowa State's in Ames and you have the two Kansas schools. Like there's not there, there's not a huge wow factor there. And, and And that makes it very hard to go to the negotiating table when 2025 comes around and you're looking to then get paid out. At, at at a power conference level again. So I, I think that they have to be careful, but they also have to like be very quick because I think the longer they wait at this point, um, the more likely it is that that schools start leaving. And, and, and by schools, I really mean just the two I named because honestly, there's nowhere for OK State to go, unfortunately. There's nowhere for uh, Kansas State to go um, unless they, they they tag on to, to Kansas. There's nowhere for Iowa State to go unless they tag on to Kansas. So, like, also, it's just funny to me that if the Big Ten started this whole thing and then they potentially wind up with, um, you know, Rutgers, Nebraska, Maryland, Kansas, and Kansas State after all that, um, I, I, I'd laugh my ass off. I, mean, I actually kind of wonder. I think Oklahoma State, like, there were reports that they were already in discussions with the Big Ten um, like obviously they only bring so much, but like I, I kind of wonder if they leave and then you have West Virginia leave, you have Kansas dope somewhere, like and then you're down to what five 
um, TCU, Baylor, TCU, TCU, Baylor, Baylor, Iowa State, State. Kansas State, and uh, Texas Tech. Point missing. Yeah, like is that even enough to like then attract other schools? I think you almost become like it, it turns into like a who pushes who for Big Twelve in the ACC, AAC. Like it, it ends up kind of becoming like a like a stare down between those two. Like the AAC obviously is making significantly less money. They're at like they have a one billion dollar over twelve year deal with the with ESPN. They could renegotiate that um, if they add a bunch of schools. Big Twelve hold on to the branch of rights and then hope that the next uh, the next media rights package is like not so much less, um, but at least be something. But like I, I I wonder if with like five schools you could even. You probably poach like Boise State. Um, you could probably, I mean, BYU then becomes interesting too because they have their own kind of like little media deal. Um, but they well, there'd be no benefit don't. at that point for them, to be honest. You, you so increase- I'm wondering. So like, I'm wondering if they lose three more schools, like if they lose West Virginia to the ACC and then they lose Kansas plus one to the Big Ten, like is it even feasible to then expand? And can you even, if those things are going to happen, like can you convince anybody to to right. to kind of stay in and hunker down? hunker down i think that's gonna be the most fascinating thing to see next because and i also think it's gonna happen quick because i think if a school leaves it's gonna want to get on the tail end of tail end, uh kind of the tailwind of texas oklahoma and try to like hopefully we'll up the run of right and, uh, completely so they can get out sooner than 2025 um but it, it's uh yeah it's it's super fascinating like there's a real possibility the aac ends up kind of approaching the, the big 12 as crazy as that sounds yeah, and I mean at that point too, like that—that's me the interesting thing. Like, like you said, I think once once a school leaves, they're obviously rooting for the destruction of the conference yep. because that means the grant of rights doesn't apply to them anymore. Yeah, like Texas, Oklahoma, hope that it falls apart. Like they are absolutely rooting for them to fall apart. Like it wouldn't even shock me if like Oklahoma people were like trying to get Oklahoma State landing else landed elsewhere, like with political power. Maybe even right. Texas and Texas Tech the same. I don't. I think Oklahoma State watch play is in a decent shape just as they've been so like so good in football for a while. Texas Tech, I I don't know. I, I don't see honestly. And then like the rest, I think are just in trouble. Besides Kansas, West West Virginia is just lucky regionally, honestly. And and on yeah. the the again the Big East of it all, I think saves West Virginia. If they were a school in West Virginia that wasn't in the Big East and didn't have the history with half the league, like I don't think they would be in a good shot good spot at all. But yeah. they are. Kansas has the basketball program, which, you know, saves them. Oklahoma State, I, I think that the football programs, then that's a big thing out available. We were talking a little bit off of uh, on Slack, like TCU, if this was three or four years ago, when TCU was just a couple of years removed from almost being in the playoff, like, they'd probably be a, a much more attractive thing. They've just been so middling the last couple of years. Baylor's obviously toxic in like a million ways. Um, and then like Iowa State, Kansas State, just like, it's it's they're just tough sells i think unless they're tagging along with their i mean iowa doesn't want iowa state in the big 10 i, I doubt um kansas state like unless you're you're tagging along with kansas and kansas is like you know it's a good basketball program but it's not like you're uh it's not like back when we had the pac 16 rumors and like texas tech and oklahoma state were gonna get like brought along uh with the two huge programs like kansas i don't know that they're big enough in basketball even to justify a league bringing kansas state just to, as a favor so yeah, it's uh, it's tough for those schools. I do feel bad. It's like it's not anything they've done. Like some of them had a ton of success. Kansas State had a legendary coach and like just was so consistent for years. And uh, you know, this is what you get. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, and really, I mean, the ideal scenario for a lot of people would probably be send Mizzou up to the Big Ten with Kansas, 
and then send OK State to the SEC and just call it a day. It's so funny how much of like the last round of expansion changes like the outlook here. Because if that had happened, or if Missouri was already in the Big Ten, which was being talked about a lot before the SEC came calling, um, you know, then, then we're always in a t- much different place. Like um, if that had happened, uh, if I mean, you could have had we, we really could have had the Pac-16 like that, and the Pac-12 or the Pac-10 then like was a pretty powerful conference, and then they would go on to have like Oregon and Stanford both as like legit powers holding up. Uh, you know, holding the line for USC not being that good. Um, now, like, those two kind of fell back to the pack. Oregon's quite good again, but not great. And, like, look what happens. And, and again, it was, it was what, 10 years ago that, 11, maybe 11 years ago, that they were apparently very close to adding Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech. And, you know, if nothing else, even if everything else played out the same way, they still have Oklahoma right now, and Oklahoma would be, uh, playoff team all the time, and the Pac- no one really talked that much about the it, people talk about the Pac 12 like they talked about the ACC. They're like, Well, they have Clemson, so they're still they have something, yeah. I completely agree. I, I think that I mean, we, we can talk about it next week potentially because I feel like the, the, the story's not going to die. Uh, the Pac 12 of it all is uh, is an interesting angle that I think we can discuss uh, next time around, along with whatever updates happen here. Uh, Dan, anything else before we leave? I know uh, Beheim's army, army currently, um locked in a tight one here as we uh, as we were before they've had multiple like 13 point leads while we've been talking and now it's a <laughs> two-point lead which i don't love uh this is the opposite of last week they we started out really hot and uh, have it's come it's closed up a lot it's now fifth as we're speaking it's 51 49 with nine minutes in the fourth quarter um so hopefully they pull this one out uh shout out to uh katie zephyrus who got uh bronze in the olympic triathlon uh su alum uh, awesome news um yeah uh and you know hopefully ba pulls us out and we can talk about more uh them a little more next week uh we didn't want to focus on it this week because the game's happening as we're speaking but um yeah uh, a fun little uh fun little moment here um for sports uh after a couple of weeks of us not having that much to talk about you know conference realignment at least if nothing else we'll, we'll do a couple episodes out of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were kind of searching for things uh We've only got like a couple of weeks before we start getting into uh, ACC previews and all that. Uh, we'll do that. I know you and I know this, but for listeners, uh, once we get into August, we'll have a week for um, the Atlantic, the week for the Coastal, and then Syracuse will get its own dedicated week as per usual before we jump into week one programming for the game against Ohio. So just to, for, for everybody's knowledge on the horizon. Real quick before we go, because I've asked before, if we go to 15, if we add West Virginia, and we go to five team pods. Who do you want in our pod? What's what's your ideal Syracuse pod? I mean, I'm a bigger fan of of the one I proposed of the five pods of three. That could also uh, work scenario because then in that case, like you can really like get creative. You can get to like you can still keep it at eight games too if you want. Um, you can also tack on Notre Dame pretty easily. But if you wanted to do three pods of five, I think our pod is probably obvious. Um, it's us. It's Pitt. It's BC. Um, it's West Virginia, and then it's probably Louisville, right? Yeah, I, I just wonder. I brought this up with other friends, and I and, and uh, one of my friends like, wouldn't the south southern part of the league be really mad that they got kind of stuck with like Clemson and all the other schools down there? But like, I don't know. That there's that... like, yeah, I don't know. I think, I, and also, I don't know that like there's ever a way to like super balance this thing when there's like one power program, or even if a Florida State comes back, like. One pro- one pod's not going to have one of those stools, but like you could talk about, you conceivably like, 
bring Miami up and have them put in a Big East pod and then just like protect the Florida State rivalry. I think you're going to have to be creative. I think you want to, if you want to have things as like Pac 12 figured out how to protect their California games, even when they were in different divisions. Um, I think you, you want to do that. Like you want to protect as many of the rivalries as you can uh, while also giving maximum flexibility for with the, with the pods or however you want to formulate this because the divisions, I think I just hope college football, if nothing else comes to this, um, the one, the, a major positive will be moving past the divisions as a, as a thing that we do. Right. Yeah. I buy that. And I think too, I mean, the Pac-12 obviously has the benefits of, you know, 12 teams, nine games. There's, there's a block of four California teams with two in each division and all the other major rivalries are pretty much like natural and squared away, like within the, within their own divisions. Right. Um, I think the ACC is always going to struggle with that because you have the block of Carolina teams. So any pod situation has to contend with that. You also have the fact that Duke and North Carolina want to play Virginia. Virginia wants to play Virginia Tech. Syracuse is probably better off facing all the teams up north, but, you know, BC wants to play Miami. Like, it just becomes this big kind of amalgamation of, like, and that's what happens when you basically absorb an entire conference um, over the course of, like, 20 years. I do think there's a way you make everyone happy and like at least almost always have everyone playing in Florida like every year. That'd be great yeah. for recruiting for everybody. Um, so yeah, lots of opportunities come of this. Hopefully we ditch the divisions. That'd be a nice thing to happen. You know, I, I think we'll find out about West Virginia like sooner than later. I think this is going to move quick. I agree. Uh, we'll see if it happens before next week's episode. If not, <laughs> uh, we, we still have plenty to talk about here. So Dan, thank you as always for joining. It's uh, much appreciated. Yes, thank you for having me. Uh, hopefully, Bam's Army does not peter out here. Uh, they hope that they, we, we do have to them talk about next week. Yeah, that'd be ideal if they won this game. Um, on that note, that was Dan. I'm John. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Troy Noon's Absolute Podcast. If you rate, you subscribe on iTunes, Megaphone, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, and go orange. Go orange.